Japimation Studios presents an unabridged recording of Mayhem Academy, Book One, The Power of Jakira, written and created by Anthony Jappa, narrated by Selena Albert. This work is copyrighted 2004. This recording is copyrighted 2006. The air was thick with the smell of burnt plastic as the Academy's laser defense system tried unsuccessfully to repel the hulking intruder. All of Professor Knight's students were now standing huddled in the nearby hallway waiting for her to join them. They watched in horror as the synthetic behemoth disassembled all of the school's security measures in a matter of seconds. After doing so, it then continued on its journey to rid the Academy of every bit of plastic it contained. I've gone over everything in my head, and I still can't figure out why it's not stopping, a perplexed Chu pondered aloud. You did program the ship to respond to the word stop, didn't you? Jeff asked snidely. No, I thought Kyle did, Chu replied. Why would I do it? Programming the chip was your job, Kyle yelled. I see you didn't forget to add in that evolution programming. That was kind of sweet, wasn't it? Chu said proudly. No, it ain't, knucklehead. This is just like you, Chu, Kyle continued. You're always forgetting something, and it's usually the most important thing. Oh, yeah? Well, who was it that forgot to monitor the power influx that caused a massive blackout when we were siphoning off energy from the power core for a 4D video game? Chu asked, trying to point out the shortcomings of the other two. You, they both said. Okay. But what about the time we reprogrammed the Simbots? Who was it that had the bright idea of using the Three Stooges as the prime personalities? You, they once again repeated. As they stood over the kneeling tie and continued to argue, he peered around the corner to see where the synthetic creature they were now calling Plastic was heading. Although the professor had yet to join them, Ty had had enough of waiting around, doing nothing. Not to mention the continuing bickering between Jeff, Chu, and Kyle was really starting to get on his nerves. Shut up! Ty shouted at the three of them. There's a monster loose in this school, and you three created it. Do any of you have any ideas on how to stop it? Embarrassed that it took Ty to snap them back to reality, they immediately stopped arguing and joined Ty in trying to figure out a way to stop their creation. Chu, does the chip have a shut-off point? Ty asked. Nope, Chu said. So it'll keep absorbing plastic in the academy until there's nothing left? Ty asked. Worse than that, once it's sucked up all the plastic here, it'll seek out plastic elsewhere. That's just frickin' great. Ty said sarcastically. The way I see it, there's only two ways to stop it, Kyle interjected. Either we gotta keep it away from absorbable plastic long enough for it to go dormant, or we're going to have to remove the chaos chip out of it. That's right, Chu smiled. Without the processor, it's just a lump of plastic. Then that's the plan, Ty said, still keeping the growing mass in sight. Yeah, but it won't be easy. The chip is programmed to protect itself, Chu added. And why did you do that? Ty asked, wiping his eyes. We did it to keep the more unscrupulous corporations from taking the processors out and copying them before we got them patented. So what will it do if it's attacked? 
With the evolution program running, plastic will fight back in much the same way an intelligent human being with the ability to morph its form would. That's good looking out, Chu. Tai sighed. Look, I need you guys to find Singe and Nuke. Tell them to meet me in the courtyard. Wasting no time asking questions, the three take off in different directions in search of the students Tai requested. The rest of you stay here and wait for Professor Knight. Tai says to the remaining students with the command presence of a born leader. He then stands up and starts to venture toward Plastic's direction when Tank grabs his arm. "Where are you going?" Tank asks. "I've got to try and stop Plastic before it destroys the school." "Are you crazy? You've seen that thing. If the hall monitors couldn't stop it, what can you do?" Tank asks. "I've got a plan, but I don't have time to go into it right now." You're gonna have to trust me," Ty replies. "Then I'm going with you," Tank insists. "No, your powers would be more useful here than against plastic. You've got to make sure that all these kids and the professor get to safety before the place caves in on 'em." As much as he hated to admit it, Tank knew he was right. They exchange a look that instantly acknowledges this is too serious and that time is too short to argue about the reckless decision Ty has made. As they've done a million times before, they press knuckles and go their separate ways. Tank watches as his best friend in the world disappears down the collapsing hallway, in pursuit of plastic. Ty continues to make his way carefully down hallway after hallway, dodging falling debris and stepping over the partially disassembled metal carcasses of the once formidable monitor robots. He noticed that the creature's proportions were to the point that it was bowing the hallways and the ceiling of the academy, as it continued on its quest to unite itself with its plastic brethren. When Ty finally caught up to Plastic, he couldn't believe his eyes. This once plain two-liter bottle, in the span of a few minutes, had grown into a synthetic being of monstrous proportions and incredible strength. Luckily for Ty, it wasn't concentrating on him. Only the seemingly never-ending supply of plastic within the academy walls—walls that were dangerously close to buckling under the pressure of his movements—he knew he had to get plastic out of the academy before his continued growth ripped the school apart. He needed to get him outside, but how? As he continued to watch plastic in amazement, a piece of the ceiling directly over him came crashing down. Without taking his eyes off of plastic, Ty fired a short but powerful vibronic wave, reducing the debris to dust. As the dust slowly drifted to the floor like lazy snowflakes on winter's day, it came to him. Ty laughed as he realized that listening to all those boring safety videos his freshman year had finally paid off. From the videos, he remembered that the environmental controls within the academy created a massive amount of internal pressure to counter the atmospheric pressure outside. Knowing this, he knew that a hole in one of the exterior walls would give birth to a powerful tornado-like suction in the hallway. Ty braced himself against one of the hall monitor recharging harnesses and aimed his first vibronic blast at the wall directly in front of plastic. Glass, metal, and a shower of sparks filled the hallway. The wall seemed to explode and implode at the same time as shrapnel filled the room, and then instantly sucked outside into the morning sky. 
in the distance, Ty could hear the emergency doors sealing off the hallway to restore pressurization balance to the rest of the school. Everything in the sealed-off hallway that wasn't bolted down was sucked into the void outside. The suction was strong, but it was mostly pulling on the massive form of plastic. As the creature was fighting to stay inside, his humanoid body began to sprout plastic octopus-like tentacles in an attempt to anchor itself to any secured objects in the building. But before the man-made monstrosity was able to successfully brace itself, Ty sent another vibronic wave, even more powerful than the first, slamming into its back, snapping its anchoring tentacles, and sending it flying out the gaping hole of the academy and hurtling toward the ground below. Ty smiled. He had successfully gotten plastic out of the building. But then he realized he had another problem to worry about. Without plastic's massive form blocking the hole, the suction from outside became more powerful than Ty could handle. The sudden increase in suction caught him completely off guard as his hands started to slip free from the harness. He mustered all the strength at his command to hold on but a combination of sweaty palms and bone-crushing suction combined to wrench him free from his stronghold. Now he, too, was being pulled toward the opening he had created. Ty frantically tried to grab various objects in the hallway in a vain attempt to stay inside until the school's backup force field sealed the breach, but to no avail. Despite all his efforts, he was swept outside and sent plummeting downward toward certain doom. You have been listening to Mayhem Academy, Book One, The Power of Jakira, Copyright 2006. Mayhem Academy, Jakira, Jakirate, Zaigatu, and all related characters, the distinctive likenesses thereof, and all related in Daisha, are trademarks of Anthony Jappa and Jappa Publications. All rights reserved. The stories, characters, and incidents featured in this publication are entirely fictional. Published by Japamation Studios, a subdivision of Japa Publications. If you've enjoyed this recording and would like to know more about this and other works by Anthony Jappa, please visit Japa Publications on the web at www.jappapublications.com.